This episode is brought to you by Bloat Games. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here. If you're looking for games that combine the classic RPG feel with the light, concise rule set of today's indie games in a variety of genres, you gotta check out Bloat Games. Their Survive This rules take a cue from the old school games of yore and combine them with a stripped down but easy to understand mechanic that plays fast and fun, giving you an exciting, thrilling game session every time. Whether it's fighting off zombies, swinging a great axe and slinging spells in dark, dangerous, creature-filled forests, riding your 10-speed bike through monster-infested suburbs, or keeping the city streets safe from super-powered menaces, the Survive This system is the one that'll keep your players coming back to the table. Check out these great RPGs, in addition to card games and other fantastic things they offer, at bloatgames.squarespace.com or at drivethroughrpg.com. Bloke Games. The worlds are fiction, but the fun is real. Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya folks, old man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. I'm doing well. It's kind of a mm, overcast day. Oh well. Had a really good Saturday game. It was uh it was interesting. It gave me some food for thought. We had to deal with uh some some people, some some bugbears who came to get us to bring us to somebody, but we ended up having to kill them because we found out it was a setup for a bounty. On my character's head, and I'm still trying to figure out what's going on there, and why the mayor of the closest town wants me dead or alive. But we took care of them. We were out, we got out of the dungeon. We took. They started. Well, we they started doing some weird stuff, and so we ended up having to kill them. And we found a note on there something about. They're going to pay 1,500 gold pieces if they bring me in alive or 1,200 dead or, you know, something to that effect. And uh, I thought, well, we ended up going back in the dungeon because we weren't finished in there. But I, he, they said something about said something about there was something going on with my nephew. And my backstory is I have a nephew elf. And it, it was basically, you know, a, it, was a, it was a setup. It was a setup, but we will find out about that later. We're going back in the dungeon because we weren't finished in there. So, and there was a wizard with us, an NPC wizard we had to let go to for some reason. Anyway, so that's pretty much where it stands. Go back to the dungeons. We'll take care of this mayor when we get back. Maybe we can figure out some way to scam him out of the money too. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, today I want to talk about NPCs and exposition. Now, those of you who don't know what exposition is, it's basically the backstory of the adventure. It is the, it's the setup of the adventure, I should say. Information the PCs need and the reason why they're doing what they're doing at the time. Now, reams and reams of it, you know the box text you find in, in published modules? A lot of that is exposition. If not exposition for the adventure, exposition for whatever rooms they're going into. What do you see? Well, that kind of thing. But exposition is basically the setup of the story. It's like in Raiders of the Lost Ark when the government guys tell them about 
you know, the Nazis are looking for the Ark and this, that, and the other thing. And Marcus comes up with a few things. And so, you know, the, the audience is up to speed, basically, and so is our hero. That's what exposition is. And doing, there are some bad, you know, there are bad movies and books and stuff that just give you pages and pages. You know, you know, Tolkien was bad. Well, Tolkien was more of a, he wanted, I think he wanted a travelogue instead of a story in Lord of the Rings. But, you know, on the third age, this happened and this, da, 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 and you just start falling asleep, you know. It, it can get that way. But that's why I don't think you should just do an info dump at the beginning of the of the adventure, whether it's a published module or something you wrote yourself. You should you should dole this out in chunks, manageable chunks. And what better better way to do that? There are several ways to do it. Well, what a better way to do is with NPCs. Now I've had a lot of players who do not trust NPCs as far as they can throw them. In matter of fact, this last session was a good example of that. And I didn't blame them because I I ended up I ended up taking helping take care of those guys too. But it was it was that kind of you know the suspicions run and the, but anyway, that's not exactly the point I want to make. What you could do now, you can tell exposition several ways, not just NPCs. They can find clues. They can listen to broadcasts over the radio if it's that kind of game, or you know, read something, maps, whatever. But NPCs are a good way to do that. And I discovered doing this in one of my scenarios that doling out exposition in small chunks works best, I think. Because doling out the, you know, some a hook, basically a hook to get them going. And then as you go, you they find clues and talk to NPCs, so they get clues. You know, they get more of the story. And what you got to do, here's here's how I how you got to do it. When you're prepping, whether it's a whether it's a published module or your own, look at the exposition. Look at what the setup is and find out how you can break this down into chunks. And say Okay, I've got. I wrote something down here. the The ruby of might, what it is, and why this PCs need to find it. That's a chunk, right there. That's the main premise, right there. Okay. And then I've got three other chunks: history of the ruby one, who had it; history of the ruby two, locations and how to of where it was and how to get there; and history of the ruby three, the final place they'll find it and the dangers therein. Now, you've got to decide how many of these... I mean, there can be more. There, there always can be more. But you've got to decide which chunks you want the PCs to know and which don't. Which you don't. You write down, You might write down some exposition chunks just for your own reference, saying that this is the way it is, this is what's going to happen. Because this, you know, this could all be... You know, some of this could be rumor. And so what you've got to do is decide, okay, I'm going to do the, the Ruby of Might to set it up, History of the Ruby 1, History of the Ruby 2. And History of the Ruby 3, they're going to ha- it's going to happen like th- maybe three, two, three sessions down the road where they've already gone through a lot of stuff and talked to a lot of people. So you sit down and go, okay, 
Now, I've got an adventure. I've got the exposition. I've got that going for me. So what you have to do is sit down and decide what NPCs you want because you need at least three NPCs. And say you've got a barkeep, the mayor of the town, and a hermit outside of town. Okay. Now, you can have each person there give them a chunk of the exposition. I'd even throw in a fourth one, uh, say a farmer. A farmer in the area that they meet in um, on the road in a tavern, whatever. But at any rate, I decided not to give them the history of Ruby 3 until much later. So... The Ruby of Might, you can give that to one NPC. The History 1, you can give it to, say, the Mayor. Give the Barkeep the first one, then the Mayor. Or you can verse it. You can, See, the thing is, you got to keep it flexible. This is the whole thing. And say the Hermit has the locations of where it's more of the history of, okay, it was stolen by this man, and then it was bought by this man, and, this, and they're there, there, the other, that kind of thing. And, you know, or it could be a sage, who knows. But the point is, keep your, keep your exposition flexible. you got to keep it flexible, because what happens if they never meet the mayor? If the, the say, the barkeep says, well, the mayor, no more about that. And they never get to the mayor for some reason or another. Well, then you can load the what you didn't tell them if you, you know, what you didn't tell them onto the farmer or the hermit. And you can review them. Say they go to the mayor first. He'll have the rubia, he'll have this tale of the rubia mite, and then the barkeep will have something else, you know, another chunk of it. This is how you keep it flexible. This is how you get information to the characters when you need it, when, when they need it, when they need it, I should say. And I know I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not spoon feeding it to them. I'm just saying that this is, this is the way you can keep it flexible. Just have these chunks of information. You can just cross them off as you give it to them. Because I found out, I found out in the game, the last game of the the, uh, the cattle drive when I was doing with the vampire, there was a chunk of information that the zombie maker in the forest had, but the forest is filled with his zombies who were not going to hurt the player characters in any way, shape, or form because I play zombies like traditional zombies, not like Romero zombies, not like Walking Dead zombies. You know, they just show up and do what you, you know, they do the bidding of their master, whatever. But the PCs were too spooked to go in the woods to talk to him. So they missed out on his information. So I just switched it over to the gravedigger, who they had to go see anyway. And so I just shifted that information to him. So he had twice as much information. But, you know, sometimes that's the way it goes. And then, like, two or three games down the road, you can have the farmer. You know, he knows the final place and this, that, and the other thing. And I can show you where it is. I'm not going in there, but I can show you where it is. And, you know, cross his palm with some gold, and he probably will. Anyway, that's how I like to play with NPCs. And don't forget the other ways, too, like clues and, you know, things they heard and things like that. Anyway, i got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognar@gmail.com, or you can drop a voicemail on Anchor. 
We are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. Thanks again to Jonathan Dorje, Wendell Jessen, Oliver Shriek, Gilbert Soares, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Daniel Reynolds, Dan Gregg, Benjamin Brodell, Jason, John Allen Large, and Michael Tompkins. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Don't forget to listen to Dan Gregg's Young Y-U-N-G Grognard podcast, Mark C. Wallring's The Yawning Albert podcast, Big John Allen Larger's The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.